Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can find them anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, HeidiHarris.com, podcast app, wherever. I'm changing my show hours. I'm going to be heard live 9 a.m. to noon on AM 670K MZQ five days a week. So five days a week I do that show Monday through Friday. And then I do podcasts a couple of times a week. Sometimes they are segments of the actual live show. Other times they are something entirely different. Now, as we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of the tragic MGM Grand Fire, hard to believe it's been 40 years. I had a conversation a couple of years ago with Bob List. He was the governor in Nevada at the time of the fire. A tremendous tragedy for everybody involved. People who were obviously lost their lives, people who were injured, people who rescued were traumatized, people who were guests in the hotel were traumatized. Tremendous lessons were learned as a result though, and Vegas is now the safest place in the entire world to stay. So from the Heidi Harris Show archives, my conversation with former Governor Bob List, who was the governor on the date of the MGM fire 40 years ago. Governor, thanks for being here. Well, I'm delighted to join you, Heidi. Thank you. I remember that day like it was three days ago. It's just uh, it's etched in my memory for all time. Now, were you here in southern Nevada when it happened? No, I was in Carson City, and the phone rang about, uh, I can't remember the hour, but something like 6 or 6.30 in the morning. Uh, uh, and I was just getting, out, just getting up, and I answered, and it was Richard Bunker mm-hmm. calling, who was then the chairman of the Gaming Control Board. And he was in his office. He was an early bird guy. He was in his office, and he said, Governor, there's something, I think, horrible going on. He said, I'm seeing smoke pouring out of the top of the MGM Grand. Wow. And um, so we spoke for a few moments, and then I got a couple other calls started coming in. And so I uh, immediately got myself together, got out to the airport, uh, flew down to uh, Las Vegas, went to the MGM to see what uh, help I could I could bring. And um, we pulled every state resource we could together in terms of uh, – of, of uh, emergency support and health care. Um, I, I went to the hotel itself. Uh, Roy Parrish was then the uh, fire chief. And of course, the fire was still, was still going up in the upper floors, uh, uh, and uh, the smoke was still consuming the upper floors, I should say. Uh, Roy Parrish took, uh, took me in. I had to, they suited me up in a fire suit. And the thing that struck me the most, that was just, uh, it was just stunning to walk into that casino. Of course, there's absolutely no light in there except for flashlights that we were carrying. And it was, as we scanned around and looked at the uh, in- interior of the casino, there was no color. Everything had been burned. It was, mm. totally, it was totally black and gray. Wow. And it had gone from those very bright colors of the uh, that, that the hotel had in, in the interior to this incredibly dark scenario. And, of course, the bodies were still being removed. Um, uh, I, I was given a, a briefing on how the, how the emergency was being handled. Uh, later that evening, I went to the hospitals and visited a number of the, the survivors. Um, but it was... It was just an incredible sight with where the windows had been broken out of the hotel. The, uh, the, the, the curtains were flapping uh, out those windows where people had, had jumped. 
uh, or tried to lower themselves with sheets. Mm. Uh, and of course, the the biggest loss of life came from uh, from from people who got into the stairwells and uh, and tried to go uh, either up or down, and all the doors were contrary to the building codes. Uh, all the doors were were locked. So you couldn't get out of the stairwell. Oh, my gosh. So if you got into the stairwell thinking that was the smart thing to do instead of the elevator, which is what they tell you, right. you couldn't get out yep. the other end. That's exactly right. Oh. People started going down, and then they, the smoke, as the smoke was coming up, so then they started running up and tried to get out of the stairwell and to escape the smoke, and every door was locked. And the oh. hotel had done that uh, to, you know, diminish the likelihood of, of burglaries oh my gosh. Uh, and robberies in within the hotel. And it had been that way for a long, long time. And so it was, uh, that was the main cause of death. I think there were, as I recall, around 84 people lost their lives. Um, it was, it was just, just a horrible day. And fortunately, you know, it's one of those situations where there is something you can do about it afterward. And um, I appointed a, a special panel uh, to investigate our laws and see what needed to be changed and how we could uh, make it the safest place on the planet. And I appointed Kenny Gwynn as the uh, chairman of that commission. And we had fire experts from all over the country on it. They met for about uh, oh, several months and then presented a, a program to the legislature, uh, which we got passed and uh, which then enacted the the strongest and toughest fire code in the United States and it's been it's been emulated now around the world and uh, I think it's saved a lot of lives the, the commission came up with requirements on on exit uh, mandated exit availability it came up with all kinds of new alarms with new smoke uh, detection systems with requirements for um, for uh, guided uh, lighting for if the if the power is out, to be powered by batteries so people could, could follow instructions wow. in the dark. Things you, things you totally take for granted now, Governor, are as resu- yeah. were not in place in 1980. That's exactly right. Speaker systems in the room so people would be directed where to go. Uh, building materials. In fact, I'll tell you one other quick anecdote, if, if, if we have a minute. Of course. Um, after, uh, after all the... The research had been done on where the fire started and how it spread and what caused the problems. Uh, Fred Benninger and uh, Mr. Benedict, who were the two senior officers at the MGM, came up to Carson City and sat down with me in my office to brief me on what they had discovered. And, of course, the fire had started in a kitchen uh, down on the ground floor, and it spread very quickly up into the uh, into the casino area and basically what it did was to ignite um, the 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 adhesive glue that held the um, ceiling tiles mm. up above the casino wow and they brought with them one little tiny nugget of a of a piece of that glue about the I'd say about the size of a pea and they put it in a in a a dish or something on my desk and warned me what was going to happen. He said, you won't believe the smoke comes out of this thing. They touched a match to it 
and the smoke poured out of that little tiny piece of glue like you would never imagine. Filled the room with black smoke. Wow. And what they then explained what that had happened was that the crew working up in the in what they called the sky. The, in those days, the security people were live, and they were they were located in the ceiling, uh, up in the rafters above the ceiling. Right. With with windows looking down over one way mirrors looking down over the gate. Yeah, like the movie Casino. They show that in Casino. Sure. Yeah, and what had happened was that these guys, in order to get up there, uh, instead of having to climb several st- uh, levels of stairs through back rooms and so forth, had gone up one of the stairwells, the main stairwell into the hotel, and had taken uh, hammers and chisels and had knocked a hole in the side of the wall so they could go straight out of the stairwell into the um, uh, area above the casino. And that acted like a like a chimney. It was a draft oh, that just drew that smoke right out of the casino and right up into the stairwell. And that was that was, uh, of course, a source of huge uh, litigation and liability. That uh, in the end um, really was a, a, a devastating financial effect on everyone mm. involved. Wow, and that's a that's a tough thing, you know, when you're the governor of a state and something that dramatic happens. It's just uh, very, very tough. But I know we came together as certainly as a state, certainly as a city, as a community, and changes were made, lessons were learned, and that's made Las Vegas the safest place in the world, as far as I'm concerned, to stay. Well, it is. It absolutely is. And and uh, you know, so there. In the end, sometimes good can come out of a out of a, of a horrible situation, and. That certainly is a, a, a perfect example of it. We had a Hilton fire. That's right. That, that occurred uh, just a few weeks later, and uh, I have a lot of memories of that one as well. Yeah, that was that arson. Was, yeah. That was an arson situation, and again, it cost lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a, a tragedy, but from those things uh, came something very good, and that is security and safety for the millions of visitors that know they can come here to Las Vegas and and have a great time and be safe while they're doing it. That's absolutely true. Governor Bob Bliss, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You bet, Heidi. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. You too. Had to be horrible to be governor on that day 40 years ago here in Las Vegas with the MGM fire. Tremendous loss of life, and many people's lives were changed forever. I know people who worked there. My aunt worked there as a showgirl at the time. Of course, she wasn't there when the fire broke out. I had another friend who was a lifeguard there. He was just coming into work in the morning when the thing broke out, and he was helping pull bodies out of there. I mean, it was just terrible. And many people in Las Vegas, which, of course, was a smaller town 40 years ago, knew somebody who was there involved in rescue or something. So it was a... Just a tremendous tragedy, but at least some good lessons were learned, and like I said, we are the safest place in the world to stay as a result, and the entire world has benefited from the knowledge that we gained during that tragedy. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget, you can catch me live in my new hours, 9 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday, a.m. 670 KMZQ. Until we meet again, here's Tony Scottwell. (laughs) 